Hello, hello, this is Dan Pierce, and you are with me on the Mentally Fit Podcast. Today we're talking about overcoming conflict in the home with your partner. For many people, myself included, and maybe for you, I know that stress has run high, anxiety has run high, and a lot of the coping skills that we used to use when dealing with stress and anxiety and conflict in the home All of those coping skills, like going outside, connecting with friends and family, hanging out in your community, they've been taken away. And we're adding tons of stress, tons of anxiety, and we kind of have ourselves the perfect storm. So today we'll be talking with Anita Avidian. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist based out of Los Angeles, California. And she is also a certified anger management specialist. We'll be talking about how to overcome conflict in the home and how to communicate better with your partner. We'll also talk about how to cool off and fight fair if emotions run high, which is super important. So I'm really looking forward to introducing you to Anita. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's check it out. My name is Anita Vidian and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also a certified anger management specialist. So what that means is I offer anger management services to clients, volunteers, to couples, to court order folks. And we also, um, I also offer the training for counselors to be able to provide similar services. So the training we put on once a month and um, Dan, you and I had already talked about, you have a copy of my book. So I've authored an anger management book which we use in an anger management program either with individuals with couples and or in a group setting and it is a workbook really to help people use particular skills and tools uh, to improve their communication and to improve um, how they manage and handle some of their emotions so i guess i'm an author a trainer a therapist and i guess a person (laughs) (laughs) Our labels of ourselves. Yeah, that's an important label, though. I think a lot of times, uh, as if you're a therapist, um, you know, that person part gets forgotten. And uh, Mm -hmm. we'll touch on this briefly because we're here to talk about couples. But, you know, I think it's good to just uh, look at the fact that we're all human beings trying to figure this out the best we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So let's talk about that, uh, the couples. I know a lot of people uh, we were just talking are in difficult situations with their partners. Um, A lot of times if conflict was part of the relationship before, uh, there's more stress, there's more close proximity where a lot of us are stuck inside with people. Um, What's your take on that? Or what are you seeing with the people you're working with the most? Um, Dan, I think think there's several different sets of couples, but what we're seeing with the couples who there's some couples who are actually doing much better together in, during this quarantine or during these times, and, and they, they're bonding more, there's less arguments. Um, and then we have the couples where it's the opposite direction, where there's so many stressors um, dealing with, if there's children at home, so dealing with the stressors of having to school them and do everything for the kids at home, as well as people who are working from home, as well as the responsibility of, say, if they had a housekeeper who's not coming in. So everyone's picking up on all these additional responsibilities that they didn't have before. And of course, as you can imagine, 
the more stressors we have, the more arguments we may start to see. And so sometimes with couples where, for example, they're in close quarters and there's an argument, typically we recommend, you know, give each other the space, walk away, you're, you're actually functioning in, with your reptilian brain, meaning you're just, you're emotionally triggered, so you're not going to be logical in your communication. So walk away, step away. But now, where do you walk away, step away, step away to if you're not going to leave the home? Yeah. And clearly in LA, we can leave. It's just with masks and being careful. But, you know, it's not where you can go to the gym, let off steam and come back and things are okay. So we just have to adjust with how we're approaching that with what worked before has been kind of taken away for the time being and how do we adjust to our new way of being. So, so for those couples, for example, I still would say if you're getting heated, it is so important to step away and let the person know, I'll be back. This is important to me, but I'm not in the right mindset right now, or I'm too heated to have a proper conversation and to be able to, to step away from that. Because otherwise what you're going to start seeing is a, an argument really escalating and not being productive, not being effective. And then you're gonna have two people potentially holding grudges or arguing for a few days. And, and that's not what we wanna see happening, but we are seeing happening. And I think also not to forget to mention that we also have, which is gonna be different from anger management for couples, but we also have couples where there's domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, of course, we, we're looking at those numbers and, um, statistics are reflecting that that's on a that's on an increase right now hmm. and so whether it's because there's more drinking so we see more of that uh, more violence occurring within relationships but it, that is also on an increase um, but what we're focusing on is really the anger management for couples which which is not necessarily talking about domestic violence by the way and I just wanted to make that clear Got it. So if there is domestic violence involved, uh, that would be more of a situation where they might need to reach out to a hotline or something like that. Are there any resources you can recommend for those people? Yeah, so there, it, I, I know in the Valley, there's Family Violence Project, Jewish Family Services Family Violence Project. Um, in the Glendale area, there's YWCA. I mean, throughout LA, there should be over 20 shelters and uh, and I don't have the hotline number offhand, but I know the one for um, Family Violence Project. Oh, did I forget that number? I think it's, but actually let me look it up because I don't want to go there. So hotline domestic, let me just yeah. make sure we give them. And what right. you're doing right now, it sounds like, is just searching it on Google. So wherever yes. you're at, the listeners, um, if you're in, you know, wherever you're at, you can just look on Google, domestic violence hotline, find something near you reach out uh, and get support that way. Um, and the 800 number I did find online is okay. 800-799-7233. Um, and then locally, there's a lot of different uh, centers who can help out and they can help out at, at different levels. I, I know, because I worked at a shelter for five years back in my earlier years, and I know there's a lot of fear associated with making that call in terms of what that may mean uh, in terms of their family. And so th there's support at various levels, meaning if someone just wants counseling, that's available, a hotline that's available, uh, versus literally picking up and going into a house uh, where you seek safety. So all that is available and 
um, this is definitely a time to contact them to gain the support or at least know what your options are. Absolutely. And anyone listening in that situation can always reach out to um, Anita or to us at Mentally Fit, and we're happy to direct you to resources near you. Um, and so for those couples that are not uh, quite at the domestic violence uh, stage, but there's anger, there's resentment, I think that's a very relatable situation for a lot of people. What are some skills and strategies that you recommend for those situations? Definitely. So first of all, with, within couples, what we do notice is a lot of times our arguments have a common theme to it. And so we know what's going to trigger a person. We actually know what that hot topic is many of the times, not always, but many of the times we do. And so, so for one, to just be aware of if you're addressing a hot topic with your partner, to make sure that the setting is right and the timing is right. Meaning if you're addressing an issue right before your partner likes to fall asleep, it's probably not the best time because the mindset is to relax and go to sleep. Or if it's in the middle of a work day, it's probably not the best timing. So to still be able to address the, the hot topics, but to address it properly, which would mean the right time, which would mean um, the, the proper tone, how we present what we're about to communicate, where it's not an attack, it's not a globally presented issue, but rather we're speaking with I statements and coming from a place of what our preferences are and what we're not liking. Um, I can go through those skills, but I don't think that's what we're planning on doing today. If it is, just let me know. Yeah, if you want, I mean, we'd love to give uh, the listeners, everybody in the community, um, something they can take home and try today to improve whatever uh, challenges they're going through. So any of the skills that you want to elaborate on that you think would have a big result for people, feel free to elaborate. Perfect. So let me get, I'll go into the details then. And, and if, if anyone does have more questions around it, because it does, usually it takes us an hour to really get through this process, but I'm going to just share the quick summary and then uh, the practicing of it obviously takes uh, a lot longer to make sure one has it right. But just in general, the summary of the communication skills is that we do want to use I statements. For example, um, I feel overwhelmed when you don't have the dishes uh, in the dishwasher or when I feel overwhelmed when the dishes are in the sink or left on the kitchen counter. And so what we're doing there is I'm expressing a feeling and I'm, and I'm describing a very specific behavior. And notice I'm stressing the word specific because if I say I'm overwhelmed because you're such a mess and you're lazy, mm. I, just, I just lost that. So yeah. we want to be sure that we're able to present this in a way that a person is wanting to hear us. Otherwise, we're going to hear how many times I have to tell him or her and they never listen. Um, and then the second part of that is we also want to validate where they may be coming from. So what if a you know, partner prefers to their preferences to be more relaxed? It's their home setting. They're not really working, but that in their mindset, if they do the dishes once every two days, that that's perfectly fine. And so we do want to acknowledge that, hey, I know you've had a long day, or I know you're tired, uh, or I know you ended up cleaning the office today. Something where it lets them know, we know they're putting an effort somewhere or what they're going through. 
And then the next part is to be able to state what you want. So oftentimes we can go on for a while, maybe half an hour, one hour of what we're complaining about, but we're not getting to what we're asking for. Mm. And I think in LA, especially, we have so much trouble with this, where we become very passive aggressive with our approach versus here's what I would like from you, right? We kind of feel that's too yeah. harsh sometimes out here. So it's so important to be able to just say, I would like for you to put the dishes away when you're done, right? Or when you're done eating, something very specific, right? Not, I would like for you to be more clean around here or be, what, like we're not keeping yeah. it general. It's very specific. Um, next, we, it's helpful to add why this is important. So this is important to me because I function better when I walk into a kitchen that's clean. And then you also want to give an, an alternative, meaning, hey, you know, if you're, if you're not okay with the dishes, I could take over that responsibility um, so long as you're okay with picking up another responsibility, such as cooking or taking out the trash, something where you're not being so, here's what you have to do. It's a little bit more, hey, our goal is this mutual, uh, we're, we're both, we have this big goal in mind of shared responsibilities around the household, and that's what we're trying to fulfill. So those are the steps we teach in our program to help people communicate better. And then we also have the words and phrases we, we discourage people to use because Somehow these words and phrases, you may think it's okay to use, or you may think it's everyday language, but it does trigger the other person to potentially get escalated, get defensive. And so those can include uh, words such as, or questions such as, why? Why did you leave the dishes out here? Mm, instead of yeah. saying, instead of asking why, because that's very accusatory at times, uh, we would rephrase that with, I don't like it when. So I don't like it when you leave the dishes out here. That's fine to say. But why is so loaded and people typically will not respond well to it. And I don't mean everyone. Some people are totally fine. But we want to set our conversation up in a way where we're going to be heard. Um, the other phrase to avoid is anything that's around, you should have done it this way. You could have done it that way. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, shooting, cutting. And so when we do that, I mean, think of it when you hear someone telling you that, we just don't like it. We get triggered. And so we want to refrain from that and rather just again come back to, um, I like it when you do it this way. Um, the other, th there's several points, but I'll just focus on the main ones. There's one more that I want to touch on, and that is absolute words, mm -hmm. meaning you always do this. You never do that. And so we're, we're all usually guilty of using this at some point or another, but those going about it with that type of an attack, which is what I would call it, you always do this is going to be an attack. So the reality is, do we really always do that? Does he or she really always or never does something? Really what we're trying to say is, I don't like it when you do this, or I like it when you do this, right? Um, so instead of you never do the dishes, it's I would like for you to do the dishes more. If it's you, um, you always leave a mess, it's I don't like it when the dishes are out. So we just tweak the wording in a way that we're expressing directly where we're at 
and not loading it up under, hiding it under different wording where a person's gonna feel attacked with it. Um, but those are the tips around communication that I wanted to share with how we're communicating with each other when we're bothered or not liking something. Um, and Dan, there's one more thing that does come up, which is, and you may relate to this, I do, as soon as somehow we've opened up those gates to, we're about to talk about something that bothers us, all of a sudden the brain gets triggered and we start talking about the other topics that have been bothering us for a while too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it all comes we, up. Right? So, so we know that that's about to happen and I highly, highly discourage our listeners from trying that because those are the times when you're probably thinking, how come he or she never listens to me? And the reality is when our, we can only handle so much request or change or criticism at any given time. So if you want to be heard and you want to see a change and it's not happening, we have to look at ourselves. How am I presenting this that it's affecting or that it's coming up with this outcome? And so keep it to one issue and just bite your tongue and stop it. Don't go to the next slide. That is so important because I've been in, in relationships and uh, I've had times where I've been, you know, at a, at a certain point, it's like, what are we even fighting about anymore? You know, it's like, we were talking about this to start and then three other things came up and now we haven't resolved any of them. Yep, exactly. So, and, and we can't help it. Like the gates are open. We're having that conversation, yeah. right? Because then you have to go back to when's the right timing? Is it too early? Is it too late? Yeah. And, and it, it just, and then I don't want to bring anything up. I don't want to ruin their day. I want to have a good day today. So we have so much going on with how and when we present these things. But really, if we limit it to the one and, and make sure the other partner is hearing us and, and ask them, like, you know, what are you hearing me say to make sure they're getting the message across or that they've mm -hmm. heard what you're trying to say. I think that really helps both partners. Um, and of course, both partners have to be willing to have that type of conversation. Not everyone's in that right, not, not in that right mindset or not everyone's um, in that emotional state to be able to receive or hear that, you know, if a person's really overwhelmed, especially with everything that's going on, they may have more difficulty being open or being able, being receptive to that kind of um, conversation. So timing is important. What we're saying is important. What we're not saying is important. Uh, but to also check in with what the per how the person is receiving it and how they are about it and, uh, and just make sure we're on the same page with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that touches on an important point. Um, one of the things that I did with my girlfriend that I'm with now is, you know, communication and having a peaceful relationship was very important to me from the start. So I made sure to tell her, like, look, um, the most important thing to me is honesty and communication. And if, if you're, you know, in for that, then let's do this. Uh, if not, you know, that's cool, but that's what I'm about in this relationship. Yeah. Um, and setting that expectation, setting that agreement from uh, the start or even from the middle, like if you're in a situation now where communication is bad, just coming to your partner and saying, um, like, I would love to work on our communication together. Can we just agree to work on it? Because at that point, if you both agree, then later on when tensions are maybe higher, stress is higher, 
you can always come back to that. Hey, we agreed to work on this. You know, how can we both be our best in this situation? I love that, Dan, because I think you're, it, it's basically both partners agreeing to have even that, he, even having that conversation to get to that yeah. place. And that, and that is very helpful Absolutely. when we do that. Um, you also, there's something else that comes to mind is, and I know I mentioned it very briefly, it's the tone. So I could use all the right words, but, <laughs> yeah. when, we're, but when we're upset, that tone is going to leak out. And we may be thinking, wait, I used all the right words. I avoided these. And, and, but I could be saying the same exact thing with a tone that's screaming, I'm really upset. Mm. And so we, we definitely want to set up that conversation or that setting with the proper tone as well. Yeah. So how do you make sure to do that? Great question. So I know that when I'm heated, okay, I'm in what we call hot cognition, meaning my thoughts are going to be heated. It's not logical or as logical as it really should be. And in, so in that time, if I'm really upset about something, this conversation is not going to go well. Mm. It's not going to come out the way I would like it to. And this is where I typically recommend my couples to take, call it a timeout or, or have a time where they each get to reflect and then to return to one another when they feel calmer and then have that conversation. So even if I, I know it's in the same household right now, so even going to a different room or to the backyard or walk around the block, maybe when, when we're that heated, it is not going to go well to have that conversation. I like the idea of stepping away, doing something that physically calms you down, whether it's walking, breathing, meditating, and then um, during that same time frame to do something that feels reflective, meaning journaling, writing through what's, what is this really about for me? What, what is it that I'm trying to get across that I'm not able to? Um, like really coming to an understanding of ourselves of what's really happening here. And then um, to, to kind of check in with ourselves, how triggered are we still in that moment? We know it could take hours before our anger uh, really like subsides. And, and perhaps let's say I'm halfway through, I'm still pretty upset. I'm not really at that mindset. Um, then when I come back, I may say something like, this is really important to me that we talk about this, but I know I'm still not in the best headspace for this, or I still need a few hours or some time. Can we revisit this later on at this time? Or can we re revisit this tomorrow? Um, and, and that's how I typically recommend couples to do things. If I come back within half an hour and there's still tone and I'm still really upset, the slightest thing my partner may say that may trigger me is going to throw me all off again because we yeah. have those chemicals released in our system and, and we're not going to think uh, through like our cold cognitions at that point. So that becomes important. Some people are able to on the spot be able to deal with it really nicely and you know who you are for those of you who are able to do that. Um, and so what I'm recommending here just depends on who you are as an individual and who you guys are as a couple as to um, whether you're, you're someone who can really be comforting to one another and speak in a very loving, caring way. Because this conversation is not about who's right, who's wrong, or teaching a lesson. This conversation is about hey, we had something come up in our relationship. How can we get through this together? Mm. Nice. I like that. Um, what is your favorite skill for people who 
maybe if, if their emotions are running high, like what's the number one thing you can do? You mentioned some walks, making, making space, creating space. Um, what's the fastest way to go from hot to neutral? I, I'll, I'll give you a few tips. So, so the, the, the stepping away is a really important one, but what we could do while we, while we stepped away um, at the physical level, um, the, you know, the, the walking, the right, left movement calms the body, uh, but the breathing. So when we are in an angry state, we are actually um, in our sympathetic uh, mode. And what we want to be is in our parasympathetic nervous system. So parasympathetic is where we're more relaxed and, and sympathetic is where we're more anxious or angry. It's got a lot more energy. And so in order to do that, we can spend a few minutes on just our breathing. I know a lot of people say, take some deep breaths. And there's some truth to it. Um, the only caveat to it is I recommend the exhaling longer than inhaling. So if I'm breathing in four seconds, I'm exhaling six seconds. I'm inhaling four seconds, I'm exhaling six seconds. And as I do this, I'm letting my body realize or manipulate my body to think I'm relaxed and that there's no danger, and so I'm not gonna react. And so when I do this for a few minutes, my body tends to naturally relax. Um, we do the opposite for people who are depressed. We'll tell them, inhale six seconds, exhale four seconds, so we can activate more energy in their body, right? So for people who are already upset or anxious, um, we want to breathe in a way that's going to relax the body. So inhale four, exhale six. For those of you who have panic attacks, for example, um, you know that as you're hyperventilating, you try to inhale more and that just makes it worse. Right. And that's why they recommend the paper bag. So coming back to the tip. So one is just, just manipulating your body to think you're relaxed. Um, there, I, I like the techniques with thought field therapy developed by Roger Callahan. And, that, and I bring that up because that's such a quick fix uh, to, to sometimes of what we go through. Um, so because we're not doing something visual, it would be hard for me to demonstrate where we're tapping. Um, but there's that, the, the, the outer part of the hand, uh, so at the base of the pinky and the, uh, in between the base of the pinky and the wrist, if we tap that uh, part of our hand about 15 times, it'll help kind of correct our chi flow. Hmm. And then we have, a, an, an, we have a few spots that we would typically tap on to reduce the anxiety and the anger in that level. Um, but that's something I could at some point potentially um, demonstrate, or you can actually see that online. If you ever research thought field therapy, you'll see what those points are. Um, and then we have one other one that's kind of really quick. And Dan, you may have heard of this. Um, if not, everyone can just try this at home. If you put your hands together and, and intertwine your, your fingers, you're, you're gonna have one thumb over the other. So the recommendation is make sure your right thumb is over your left thumb. And, and you know this, this doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but it is a quick one that can potentially help. Uh, but if you have your right thumb over your left thumb, it actually triggers your logical mode more than your emotional mode. Hmm. And it kind of, it, it reduces the anxiety and some of the emotions. Um, and for those of you who are wondering, yes, if you put your left thumb over your right thumb, uh, you are actually are gonna feel more, you become more empathetic during that time. 
you're more creative with that. So if you're trying to come up with what to write about, you can, you can do that with putting your left thumb over your right. And that in, inspires creativity. Um, but that's the quick one, right? So that's like a real quick, if we remember to do that, put your right thumb, thumb over your left thumb and that will just kind of manage the body. So what I'm trying to do is we're, we're thinking of real quick items that we could do to reduce some of the anger. You've heard about counting one to 10. And part of that is, is about the left hemisphere and right hemisphere. So our right hemisphere of our brain is where what regulates our emotions, uh, where we're, if we're angry or anxious, we notice more of that coming from the right brain. So if I'm counting, counting is occurring in the left brain. And so typically it's either the left hemisphere or the right hemisphere that, has, that is more dominant at any given time. So that theory is more about, hey, if you're counting, we are making sure that the left hemisphere it has the upper hand over the right hemisphere and then it kind of um, disconnects us from the emotional or disrupts that anger phase that we go through. So that's helpful in that regards. Um, let me think of what else I would typically, so the breathing is a big one, walking is a big one. The, the thumb over, right thumb over left, I enjoy that. So many practical tips and there's even more in your book, the workbook. I'm yeah, yeah, for sure. The pages of stuff like this that you can try. So um, yeah, this is all so, so good. I hope people will try this out. You said you have um, another one you'd like to share? Um, I'm trying to think. I, for some reason, I'm blanking right now. Not, that's cool because you gave like a, like a bunch of them that I think um, people could try all those. And oh, we can I do another one of these sometime. I, and I just thought of it because I'm like, why, why am I forgetting right now? So it, uh, the grounding techniques. So think about any of the grounding techniques. I, it's, you can either name 10 things in the room or, or figure out how to get to in, in touch with the senses. So um, some people do it where they name five things that they see, four things you could touch, three things you could smell, two things you could hear, and then one thing that you can taste. And it just centers us. So um, with couples, when they're talking, for example, if you're standing or you have the positioning of really leaning forward, um, that's kind of the, the leaning forward is almost that position where cats are ready to pounce or as an animal are ready to attack. Right. And so we recommend just the physical seating position posture of sitting down and have your back to uh, against the back of the sofa or the chair and ground your feet so that we're coming more from a grounded and centered place rather than a, a position of ready to attack and attack back. That's important. Yeah, you got to be aware of the body language as well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Those are all really amazing tips. Thank you so much for those. Of course. Um, I hope uh, everyone listening can put those into practice. If you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out to Anita um, or ask them in the Mentally Fit community. Um, Anita, where can we send people to connect with you and learn more about your work, maybe find your books? Where can they go? Sure. So my direct number is 818-426-2495. I do have several websites. Um, our, the main one I'll share is avediancounselingcenter.com. So it's my last name, Avedian, A-V-E-D-I-A-N, counselingcenter.com. We also have angermanagement818.com because we have eight locations throughout LA. 
working with uh, providing anger management services. Um, and what else? So I think those are the main ones. The phone number is 818-426-2495. And then the book, I think I shared this with you before we came on, is uh, we are rewriting our book right now. So the second edition will be out hopefully in a month. And the book's title is Anger Management Essentials. It's in English and we have the adult book. We've translated it into Spanish, Armenian, and Hebrew, and all those are published. We also have a teen's book in English and we've translated the teen's book into Spanish. So the second edition we're coming up with is for the English adult book. So we're adding to the material we already had in there and you can find a copy on Amazon. Amazing. Yeah, check out those books on Amazon. We'll include links to all of that um, in the show notes. And yeah, Anita, thank you so much for sharing your time and your knowledge with us today. Really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you, Dan, for having me. I really do appreciate that. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Anita Avidian. She is just an incredible resource for all things anger management. So check out her website, connect with her on social media. She is just incredible at helping people overcome those challenges. So I hope you'll reach out. As always, just know that I'm here for you. Uh, Anita is here for you. And the entire Mentally Fit community is here for you, whatever you're going through. So if you need any support or resources for any challenges you're experiencing, join us at joinmentallyfit.com. We've got online groups, we've got resources, and we've got people who are just like you and just like me who are willing to talk with you and help you overcome the challenges you're facing. We all go through something sometime and we all need a little support, right? So with that said, I'm going to sign off. Uh, but with one more thing, please, please, please leave us a review for this podcast wherever you're listening. Every review helps us to reach more people with these uh, resources and these conversations. And it could mean helping somebody change their life. So I really hope you will consider and take some action. Leave us a review. I would appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you in the Mentally Fit community and seeing you here on the podcast next time. I'll see you later. Have a great day.